Watch your language. While I think it's usually sound advice to tell people to loosen up a bit, I do believe that when it comes to the language we use, loose should not be the target that we aim for. But instead, most of us need to tighten up the language that we use. When I say tighten up, what I mean is to be more clear, more accurate, and precise with the words that we use. To make some more sense of this, a little story time here. Okay, so years ago, I heard someone I know provide what I believe to be the loosest language ever used by any person in the long history of human communication. After this extreme example was uttered in front of me, I ran into the bathroom so I could be sure to document what I just heard. Okay, so here are the exact words that were delivered that day. This person said out loud, and I quote, You know, I've been thinking, come the start of the year, I think it's probably a good idea to begin to start the process of trying to find a job. End of quote. Yeah, that was really sad. Okay, so to get into this topic, I want to break down that extreme example to point out some of the common ways that we all take part in in using this this type of loose language. Jumping in. So by my count, within that one meandering sentence, there were 10 forms of loose language included. To start, the phrase, I've been thinking. That was the first one I noticed. I've been thinking. That's on the, uh, the milder side of a vague vocabulary. But I think it's still worth mentioning. Because when we start a statement with, I've been thinking, what's often being communicated is that a decision hasn't been made yet. It's like we're entertaining the possibility of doing something, but have not yet arrived at a conclusion to the matter. Later in the sentence, it was said, I think it's probably a good idea. So again, we have the word think, indicating some level of uncertainty. But then we have the phrase, probably a good idea. The word probably communicates that the person is not entirely convinced. And then the usage of a good idea can be seen as another way to convey that this intention is still in its uh, conceptual phase because it remains a thought an opinion, a notion, but the final verdict, yeah, it hasn't been handed down yet. Describing the process of getting a job as an idea is also a bit off. It's not really suitable for the statement. An idea is a rough mental construct formed in the mind. Ideas are often abstract and not tightly defined. Up next, the loose language goes next level with the phrasing, to begin to start the process of trying. I think this is my favorite part. Begin to start the process of trying. That's a a four-part description to the one-act play known as starting. And in a way, I actually appreciate his commitment to providing as many exit ramps as possible. Because I mean, hey, I did begin the process, but I didn't start it. Or I started the process, but didn't quite get to the trying phase. Or you see what happened was, uh, uh, I did begin to start the process of trying, but turns out, I couldn't find it for this part. I really want to focus on two of the words because of how commonly they're used. The first word is try. So many of us use the word try incorrectly. I like to act this one out in my office by getting out this, this basket that's filled with random stress balls and fidget toys. So what I do is I'll put the basket in the middle of the room, grab one of the stress balls, sit in my chair and say, okay, so this is a correct usage of try. 
I am going to throw this ball and try to have it land in the basket. That right there is an accurate and appropriate usage of try. Because I'm saying that I'll make the attempt. I'll make the effort. But it's a try because I'm not certain of the outcome. Now, if I said I was going to try to put the stress ball back in the basket before I left the office, that would be a misuse of the word try. Because I'm totally in control of doing that. I can be certain that the effort given will result in the ball ending up in the basket. Many of us will choose to tell someone or ourselves that we will try to do something, something that we're totally in control of doing. And when we do this, we are giving ourselves an out, a justification for not following through and completing that which we said we would try to do. I'll try has become such a a popular phrase because it lands right there in the sweet spot of implying a positive intent, but not going as far as to be making any guarantees. I'll try doesn't carry the same pressure or expectations as saying I will or the definitive one-word response of yes. This phrase of I'll try, it's become a go-to response for those of us who can be described as people-pleasers and who struggle to say no to others. We often don't want to disappoint someone by answering their request with a no. So we think it's better to say we will try, even though we are 100% sure that we will not be attending next Tuesday's pancake breakfast. But the truth of the matter is, it's better to tell the truth, to be honest with ourselves and others about what we're willing to do and what we are not willing to commit to. If we are undecided about something, we can just say that. You know, I haven't decided yet. Or if we know it's a no-go, we can do this crazy thing known as telling somebody, no, no, I will not go. A no is better than saying I'll try when we know that we're not going to be following through. I had a boss at one of my old jobs that wouldn't hesitate to point out my misusage of I'll try. For example, if she asked me if I would be emailing her by the end of the day with the information she requested, and I then included a, a I'll try in my response, she would say, oh, no, 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 sorry. This isn't a try type of thing. I'm asking you a question that only has two possible answers, yes or no. So which shall it be? When it comes to improving one's confidence, their self-efficacy, and also when it comes to improving our relationships by creating a foundation of, of clear and honest communication, which in turn builds trust, it's best to leave out the I'll try when it doesn't apply. The phrase I'll try has a few loose communication cousins. The phrases I hope and I wish are often used in a similar loose fashion. When it comes to hope, you hope your favorite team makes the playoffs this year. That one makes sense. But you do not hope to work out twice this week. And when it comes to wishing, you wish someone the best of luck or you wish upon a star. But it's off base to say you wish to eat healthier this week. When I was growing up, if I said I wish within earshot of my grandpa, he would always be quick to share his estimation to the value of my wish. And instead of me repeating what he said, here is his go-to guidance delivered by Grandpa Gustafson in the movie Grumpier Old Men. To set up this audio, it begins with 94-year-old Grandpa Gustafson tossing a huge pack of bacon into his son's grocery cart. I'm done. 
you, Pop, I wish you'd try the low-fat bacon. Well, you can wish in one hand and crap in the other and see which gets filled first. Okay, so that's one perspective on the utility of wishing. But back to it. The second word I want to address is the word find. In the example I gave earlier, the person said that they will be trying to find a job. Now, this isn't a, uh, an egregious example of loose language, but I still see its usage as a way to avoid taking full accountability. Merriam-Webster's primary definition for the word find is to come upon, often accidentally. Other definitions include discovering by chance or unexpectedly, or to come upon by searching. But that's not how many of us choose to use the word find. People will say things like, I'm trying to find the time. I want to find balance, to find happiness, or maybe even to find myself. We talk about these things like they're a set of keys. But the thing is, time, balance, happiness, these things will never be found behind a pillow, at the bottom of your purse, under the bed, or stuck between the couch cushions. Time, balance, happiness, and even ourselves, these are not things that we find. We do not come upon them by accident, by chance, or even by searching for them. These are all things that we create, make, or choose. We make time. We create balance. For the most part, we choose happiness. And we create ourselves by being intentional about how we live our lives. And the final segment of that sentence I want to talk about is a part where the person provided a timetable for when he would be beginning to start the process of trying to find a job. If you don't remember, he said, come the start of the year. But what I didn't share earlier is the fact that this intention of his was shared. This was said in late September. So while this isn't really an example of loose language, I think it points out another unhelpful tendency that many of us have. I think most people can admit to partaking in the common practice of using an arbitrary start date to schedule our next lifestyle change. Maybe not to the same extent as this person did by scheduling his change effort for over three months into the future, but maybe you can admit to a more reduced rendition of this. For example, let's say that you're frustrated with yourself for not living the life that you want to. I mean, you're really fed up and you realize that it's time that you make a change. But then you realize it's Tuesday afternoon, which when you think about it is basically Wednesday, otherwise known as hump day. And hump day is the day before Thursday, which is the new Friday. So in a way, the weekend is essentially just around the corner. So, you know, it would be ridiculous to start any significant effort now. Not today. Nope. Because today is Tuesday. So obviously, the ideal start date for this new effort, this new endeavor, this, this new start for new me is Monday of next week. All right. So to start wrapping this up, I hope that anyone listening to this can identify a way or two to become a more assertive and accurate communicator. And this isn't always an easy thing to do. When your default mode of communication is focused on and meant to appease and please others, it can be really difficult to be more straightforward and honest with the people in your life. So if you're listening to this and, and feeling intimidated about being more honest with the people in your life, or if you think it's a, a bad idea altogether, it may be helpful to remember the quote from John Lennon that goes, being honest may not get you a lot of friends, but it will always 
get you the right ones. End of quote. But this effort of using less loose language, it isn't just about being more honest with others. It's also about being more honest with ourselves. When we choose to use loose, unspecific, indecisive language, we are doing ourselves a disservice. It can become a habit and a crutch that we use to avoid taking accountability. And all of this, it gets in the way of us living the lives that we want to live. To close, a quote from Joe Tai, honesty is an active verb, not a passive noun. Go out of your way to be truthful, beginning with the things that you say to yourself. <laughs> 